We're involved in this series of sermons we call General Admission. And our purpose in this series is to take the the never-changing truth of God's word, which is the anchor, God's word is the anchor for our lives, and compare and contrast it with the ever-changing issues that are going on, messages that are going on in our culture. And to do that, we have chosen some movies to go through to compare and contrast. Our biblical basis uh, for this series is Acts chapter 17. You remember Paul goes into Athens and he walks around this great city and he checks out the Parthenon and he checks out the temple uh, to Nike and he sees there is this idol to an unknown God. And when Paul the next day goes to Mars Hill and he talks to the philosophers of the day and he's on Mars Hill looking at the Parthenon and the Temple of Nike, he says, I I know you are religious people. I saw your idols. And you even have one to the unknown God. So today I want to tell you who that unknown God is. And the purpose of this series is to explain who God is and how much he loves you and what he came to do through his son, Jesus Christ. Today, we're going to consider a movie called When the Game Stands Tall. How many of you have seen the movie? Great. Four of us have seen the movie and we're going to check it out today. (laughs) I first read about this story in 2004. It was in a Sports Illustrated article. It's about a Roman Catholic school in Concord, California. The school is named De La Salle. The nickname is the Spartans and the motto is men of faith. The movie is about um, a camaraderie and what it takes to be a part of a team and and the family feel that you get from being part of the team. There's a story of tragedy uh, uh, in this movie. The coach has a heart attack halfway through this important season. Uh, One player's mother dies uh, in an important part of his life. And right before one kid goes off to Oregon to play football, this is based on a true story, um, he is killed tragically. But most of all, most of all, this Story is what happens when you try to find significance in the wrong stuff. This story is what happens when you try to find meaning and purpose in anything other than Jesus Christ. Coach Bob Lasseter took over uh, this football team in 1979 when he was 25 years old because the school put little into the program. Uh, Lasseter asked his uh, students, his players, to bring weights from home so they could have a weight room. He served as the head coach, the offensive coordinator, the strength coach, and the equipment manager. Even when they were at the height of their glory, even when they were winning a lot of games, even when they were the first high school team to be on ESPN, national televised game, even when their picture was on Cheerio boxes, even when they were having books written about their success, the team still played uh, with a a modest field, modest bleachers between a, a quiet boulevard on one side and a private home on the other. There were no big roadside marquees to promote their games. And at the time of this movie, the locker room had not been renovated in 40 years. 
Lassiter drilled home the, the value of hard work. He, he, he drilled home the value of family. He, he drilled home the, the value of commitment. He, he drilled home the value of what it means to be on a team. It's not about you as an individual. It's about the team. But then this unprecedented winning streak it took over. It took over their values. It took over the things he was trying to teach and De La Salle lost their way. Watch this. This program was founded on certain ideals. They have been drowned by the noise and distraction of fame. We got lost, caught up in the hype, the celebrity, the glory, and the relentless pressure to keep the streak alive. The De La Spartans were a force to be reckoned with, and the streak took on a life of its own. Every game, every year, the pressure mounted to keep the streak alive. The streak defined the Spartans. Let me ask you a question. What defines you? What is your streak? What pumps your heart with significance? What's driving your ego? What defines you? You know, for many people, the thing that really defines them is their job. And they have great success at it. And so you talk to people and you say, tell me about yourself. Well, I am a teacher. I'm a homemaker, I'm a lawyer, I'm a doctor, I'm an accountant, I'm a factory worker. That's who I am. What they do defines them. And you you begin to do those things and you pour your life into those things because that's what defines you. And you have to work hard to keep the streak alive. Some people are defined by their personality. 
Someone along the way said, you know what, man, you are, we love you to come to our parties. You are the life of the party. And so every time you show up, you got to keep the streak alive, right? Life of the party. You know those people. Maybe for you, it's a relationship. You have allowed a relationship to define you. People you hang with. People you hold, the person you hold hands with. For some, who you're sleeping with. Many marriages suffer because a spouse finds significance in a husband or wife. They're looking for that significance. In essence, deifying their spouse and trying to find in another, another broken, sinful person what you can only find in God. You will never find what you're looking for in your spouse. Maybe it's a hobby or recreation. Some people live for the weekends. I mean, basically whittling their life down to two days a week. The hobby they have, the recreation they have, consumes their thinking and their time and their money. I know this is not a good illustration here, but it's in my notes, so I'm going to go with it anyway, all right? Maybe it's the pirates or the Steelers. I know, it doesn't work well, but let me just humor me, all right? You ceased being a fan a long time ago. You're a bona fide fanatic. On Mondays and Tuesdays, your conversation centers around the last weekend's games. On Wednesday, you transition to the next weekend's games. And when the Steelers are off, you are lost for conversation. Your emotions are up and down with the Steelers. You feel more significant when you are wearing a Steelers jersey. And you identify with a person so much that their name's on your back instead of yours. And I love sports. Nothing wrong with sports. Unless that becomes our identity. Maybe you find your significance at the bottom of a bottle or another round at the bar. Maybe drugs are used to ease your anxious heart. Maybe your, your secret streak is pornography. Maybe it's sex. Surely if you can conquer a woman, that makes you significant, right? And surely if you can please a man, man, that's significance. Maybe for you, your streak is defined by the death of a dream. Down deep in your heart, in your quiet moments, it's not what you've accomplished, it's what you haven't. And when you really think about yourself and who you are, you always go back to what you haven't done. So you can, you can pump your life with all kinds of stuff, but sooner or later, sooner or later, real life interrupts our focus on the streak. For Coach Latticer, it was a heart attack. The pressure of the streak, the personal issues with player, all the stress caught up with him. And when he was flat on his back in the hospital and he couldn't coach anymore for a while and his son was questioning his dad's uh, coaching him for that senior season, 
Then he realized that a lot of his life had been a lie. Check this out. I don't look so tough now, huh? Mr. Latticer, 83% occlusion in your PLA descending artery. We call that the Widowmaker. You're a very lucky man. Yeah, so what happens next? Recuperation. Near term, I'll be happy if you're in good condition by April. That's spring practice. Not for you. You've got five stents and one shot to heal. Stepping onto a field before summer? Don't even think about it. Dad, you're gonna coach me next season, right? Danny. Danny. Hey, Michael. Wanna go harass some more doctors? Come on. Danny's just worried about you. This really scared him. teachers, your friends, your family. Was I committed to you? Was I committed to my children? I've been a lousy husband and the worst dad. Danny's not angry because he isn't getting the chance to play for you. He's angry because he wants a chance to know you. What do I do now? Spend as much time with your family as you do the team. You want the other half of this? Yeah, sure. No, I've dropped more passes this summer than the previous three years combined. You're not seeing the ball into your hands, son. You're looking upfield before you even catch it. I know. I, I, I try to stop, but... What should I do? You gotta work on that with Coach Allenbaugh. I don't need Coach Allenbaugh. I, I need you. My senior season is here, Dad. My last shot. Danny, I'm not your coach. But I want to spend some time together, get closer. Did I tell you I found a river rafting out? River rafting? Great. And afterwards, we'll win the father-son three-legged race. This is perfect. The whole time I needed a father, I got a coach. And now I need a coach, and all I've got is a lame dad. Your personal streak, whatever it is, can take an awful toll on those you love. You're running after more money, more accomplishments, more accolades, get the buzz that you need, but you're leaving your family behind. You're leaving them out of the picture, maybe even destroying them. Maybe your streak is causing your kids to wonder, who are you? I, I see you this way at church, but then I live with you at home. When I need a father, you're a coach. When I need a coach, you're nothing but a lame dad. 
There's another aspect of the streak this movie hits really, really hard. And I want to address it because I think it's a, it's a big issue in our area. Many parents find their significance in their children. And that's unfair. Sports, music, drama, dance, good grades, all those are tremendous character builders and and part of the team and teaches them hard work. They're great. All those things are great. And who doesn't want our kids to have good grades? I mean, what bumper stickers would we put on our car if we didn't have that? But every parent has to check his or her heart. Why are you pushing your children so hard? Is it really for them and their future? Or is it for you and your status? Are you finding your significance in your children? One of the best players on the Spartan was about ready to to break the national high school touchdown record. He was a great running back, but as you'll see, his dad wanted the record worse than the son. Great game Friday. Three more touchdowns for the Beast. Yeah, he played well. Whole team did. What's up? Get ready to break that scoring record. Got a place for the trophy all picked out. Hey, Mickey? Yeah. Did Chris show you the thesis he wrote for my class on Matthew 2312? Amazingly insightful for someone his age. Really terrific. You should read it. Matthew 2312? Seriously? What's he talking about? We're on our way to a championship. State record. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. Exalted? Yeah. If you get 37 touchdowns in a the season, then you'll be exalted. <laughs> Do you realize what winning this record is going to mean for you, for your life? Do you have any idea how differently people are going to look at you? How they're going to respect you? Breaking this record, you will have something that nobody can ever take from you. Nobody. That's why I push you so hard. It's not about me, it's about you. You're a salesman, Dad. I'm a what? You sell cars. Don't try and sell me. This is for you. I'm just another one of your trophies you keep in your case. Like all the other medals you've been collecting since middle school to show everybody when they walk in the house, I am sick of it. What are you trying to say, Chris? You don't want this record? Is that what you're trying to say? What do you care what I want? It's always been about what you want! You want punk. You never talk to me like that. Well, you live in my house and eat my food, you will do as I say, and you will show me the respect I deserve. You understand me? 
Now you tell me with that Sunday school mouth of yours. You promise me that you'll go out and get me that record. Promise me, Chris. Okay. No, Chris. I want to hear you say it. Say it! I promise I'll get you that record, Dad! Adam. Slamming your child up against the window of a car is unacceptable. But you don't even have to touch your children to put on a lot of pressure and let them know that it's more about you than them. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Mothers are included as well. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. In case we missed it, Paul writes again in Colossians chapter 3, verse 21, Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become what? Discouraged. See, we had the opportunity to live our life, our sports, our drama, our dance, or whatever. It's not fair to live our lives through our children. And one of the most things, parents, we can do and one of the most dangerous things we can do, one of the most damaging things we can do is try to live our life through our children and try to find significance in them, pushing them for success on our terms. Now, I get it. I know they need encouraged and I know they need pushed sometimes, but every parent has to check his or her heart and say, why am I really doing this? I coached uh, in high school before seminary and junior high after seminary, and I coached about 18 years in the rec leagues here in uh, the South Hills, Uh, girls' softball and baseball and uh, football and basketball. And I got to tell you, some of my biggest failures as a father took place when I was pushing my kids too hard Not for them. At the end of the day, those things really don't matter that much. It was for me. And I've had to ask my kids forgiveness many times for ridiculous expectations on a softball field or a football field, a baseball field or a basketball court. There's only one person who can bring significance into your life, and that's Jesus Christ. Psalm 90, verses 14 through 17 says this, Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Satisfy us in the morning so that we are satisfied with you all day long. When, when, you, when we put our lives and significance in a streak, sooner or later, it'll come to an end. If it's a secret streak, sooner or later, someone finds out about it. And then we're left to determine what truly defines us. For the De La Salle Spartans, the streak ended after winning 151 games. Watch as they lose the next game, and then listen to the assistant coach address them in the locker room.
heavyweight champions a 28-7 lead over powerhouse de la Salle. Look at him lose. Hit Danny on a 12-yard curl in the scene between the linebacker and the safety. Go. Do that here. You don't do that. <laughs> Reporters, friends, family, strangers. They're all gonna ask the same thing. What happened? This is a question that's gonna follow you. How did you lose the streak? And every time you're gonna answer the truth. Bellevue played better than us, and we lost a high school football game. That's football. But it's not you. Don't let a game define who you are. Let the way you live your lives do that. Don't let a game define who you are. Don't let a job define who you are. Don't let a hobby define who you are. Don't let a sports team define who you are. Don't let a <clears throat> child define who you are. Don't, don't let success or failure define who you are. Don't let an addiction define who you are. Let Jesus, the only one who can bring true significance in your life, let him define who you are. You see, at the end of the day, it's not about who you are. The most important thing is who's you are. Jesus Christ came to this earth to die on a cross for your sins and my sin. He did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. He paid the penalty for our sins so that we could have a relationship with the living God. And that's where we find true and lasting significance. He came to make us a new creature. 2 Corinthians 5, 16. If any person is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And I want you to know today what Jesus can bring you, what he can give you. I don't know what your streak is. I don't know everything going on in your lives. And some of you have these secret streaks and no one knows what's going on in your life. But today, I want to let you know that Jesus is the only one who can do these things for you. First of all, Jesus can give you true significance. You don't have to look for your significance any longer in a person or a thing or a job. 
You don't have to let the world define who you are. You don't have to let your success define who you are. You don't have to let your failure define who you are. Jesus alone can give you true significance. If your job goes away today, you are just as significant the nanosecond after it's gone because your job doesn't define you. It's Jesus who gives you significance. Jesus can give you security. Now, I know a lot of people try to find their security in who they are, their training, their expertise, their acumen, their achievements, their money. Good luck trying to find security and money with this stock market, huh? Up and down, it can go away. But you could be just secure the day it all goes away because someday it will the moment before you close your eyes in death, you're not taking anything with you. And you can be secure in Jesus Christ. He will give you significance. He will give you security. And he will give you acceptance. Isn't that what you want? Isn't that why you have to be the life of the party? Isn't that why you have to sleep around? You just want someone to accept you. Jesus Christ came to accept you unconditionally. He loves you with a perfect love. When you trust in him and you know him as your savior, there is nothing, think about this, there's nothing you can do to make him love you more. There's nothing you can do to make him love you less. His love is perfect and it's unconditional. Like, I don't know what it was like with your parents. I don't know if you brought home an A minus and that wasn't good enough. But with your heavenly father, that's not the case. He sent his son to walk on this earth. Jesus knows our weaknesses. He knows the temptations. He has, he has taken on every one of them, but never sinned. And he knows us and he's there to help us. There's significance, security, acceptance. Your people-pleasing days can be over. And then there is forgiveness. Man, everybody here, I know this. Every person here understands the guilt of sin. It is heavy. It is weighty. David said this in Psalm 32, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of the summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you. I did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave me. Here, David's relief. And you forgave me the guilt of my sin. Forgiveness. And then when we trust in Christ alone as the only way, not a good way or one of the many ways, but the only way we can have a relationship with the living God, the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us. He empowers us. Some of you are saying, you know what? I can't break the streak. You're right. You can't. Jesus can And then he can give you everything you need to live a life pleasing to him. We cannot live Christian life that pleases God before we trust in Christ. And that's what keeps some people away. I can't do that. I can't live for Christ. I got too many other stuff going on. Well, when we take a knee and bow before Christ, he will give us everything we need to do what he calls us to do. Sooner or later... You've got to take a knee and bow before Christ. Remember uh, that Chris Ryan, the kid who had the um, uh, national record or 
close to it. Uh, he, um, he needed one more touchdown to break the record. It's the final game of the season. They're winning. And Latticer had a tradition of always giving his senior quarterback the play calling duties on the last drive. Ryan needed one more touchdown. Watch this. Lining up in shotgun formation, but Chris Ryan is at quarterback instead of Rick Salinas. This is a formation we haven't seen from De La Salle before. Look for Ryan to run this in for his record-setting 89th career touchdown. Uh, maybe this wasn't the best time to give Salinas free will. Down. Tonight. There's the snap. And Ryan takes a knee. Wow. Rather than running in for his 89th career touchdown, Chris Ryan instead opts to take a knee. What are you doing, coach? Let him run it. 41 blast. Come on. We're still tied. Run it. Run it. Tonight. No, 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 no. Come on. And Ryan. Timeout. Timeout. Another knee. Stop that clock, Lattice. Stop that clock and run that play. Run the play. Let him get the record. Come on. Chris Ryan could have had the record, but he decided to take a knee and give his coach the tribute. That's what we need to do. Not giving another person the tribute, but we need to take a knee and bow before Jesus Christ. In essence, when we take a knee and bow before Christ, we are imitating what Christ has done for us. Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8, being in very nature God, he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance as a man, he took a knee. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus gave himself up for us. He did for you what you cannot do for yourself. 
Are you ready to bow before him and honor him as king of kings and lord of lords in your life? Are you ready to ask him to break the streak and begin a new streak, a transformed streak, a streak where you will find significance and security and acceptance and forgiveness and empowerment in him? Romans 5 says this, you see, just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might dare to die. But God demonstrated his love for us in this while we were still sinners, while our back was turned on him. Christ died for us. Today we invite you to trust in Jesus Christ alone. It's the only way to have a relationship with God. Today we invite you to take a knee and bow before Christ. Some of you are looking for significance in a lot of different places. How's it going for you? Have you found it? I, can pro- I cannot promise you a lot, but I can promise you this. You will find your full and lasting and eternal significance in Jesus Christ, in him alone. Rick's going to come and lead us in a last song. And I'm going to pray. And if you would like to trust in Christ today, just use this as a guiding prayer. A prayer, I pray, and you repeat, won't save you. But if this is the desire of your heart, if you're really ready to take a knee and honor Jesus Christ as the one who died for you, then let me pray this prayer. Hey, just before I pray that prayer, one other thing. Some of you are trusted in Christ. You know who he is. You know his, his security and, and his acceptance, his forgiveness. You've experienced his power. But you're still looking for significance and other stuff. Maybe today as a believer, it's time for you to say, I'm taking a knee got to get back and find my significance in Christ alone. Bow with me and let's pray. If you'd like to trust in Christ, just let this prayer be your own. Dear Heavenly Father, I've been chasing the wrong stuff. I've been trying to find my significance and meaning and purpose in other people and other things. I have allowed my success, personality, expectations brought on by personality, even my failure. I've allowed those things to define who I am. So today I just want to admit to you who I am. I am a sinner. I am spiritually bankrupt. I have nothing to offer you. I'm taking a knee before you. Your word tells me that Jesus Christ came and did for me what I couldn't do for myself. Jesus Christ came and he died on a cross for my sin. Jesus Christ came as my substitute to pay the penalty for those sins I've committed and will commit. 
And so today I trust in Jesus Christ alone as the only one who can place me in that relationship with you, as the only one who can forgive my sins and clean my heart and empower me and allow me to live the life that you want me to live. Today I take a knee and I look to Jesus and I'm asking that you forgive me. I know you'll accept me. And I know you will begin in me a new journey of a transformed heart and a transformed life. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.